it. Let's talk about Star Wars. This is Infinite Pulp. And there are so many things to discuss about this movie. We might just get right into and skip pleasantries. Um, this isn't just Infinite Pulp, though. This is something this, very special. This, you're right. This is not just Infinite Pulp. This is our show. Infinite Pulp presents its course, rough, and everywhere. Star Wars, a sand story, <laughs> a working title. It's actually coarse and rough and irritating. I realized that, like... The other day, as I was reflecting on it in my head, it's like, it's coarse and rough and irritating. It gets everywhere. And I was like, oh, we've been leaving out the irritating. And I was like, you how, have been. how embarrassing But I think we've been leaving out the irritating, like, I think when we when we recorded A New Hope, I had it in there. And mm. I think I left it out um, when it came to, that's what I want. There you go. Now Max is big and I'm small and I don't have to look at <laughs> my face. This is how we like to do it over here. Let's have all the confidence in the world without looking in the mirror. Let's try to do it. Yay. Max, how is it going in the briefest terms possible? Because we've already chatted for about an hour today. So Yeah, no, it's going it's going well. Um I'm trying to learn like I think there there are a lot as you were talking about earlier, there's a lot of people, myself included, who are like in their heads a lot these days with quarantine happening and trying to get out of it a little bit. And remember I was talking with my therapist today about it. And something I said that I really kind of resonated with me as I was thinking out loud was you can spend so long reflecting on yourself to be better for, to show up as your best self for the world that you go through the world without showing up at all. Right. Like, and so you spend your whole life trying to be your best self for a life that you didn't live. Right. You, you're just in your head instead. And, and that's yeah. something that I am definitely guilty of. And it, it, it actually, you know, you start out doing it to be good, to be better for people around you and for yourself. And it winds up just becoming selfish because you don't you don't spend any of that energy on the people around you that you love, that you need to be there for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm good. I'm really good. Playing good. lots of Bloodborne, Final Fantasy yes. 14. Um, getting ready to start the Final Fantasy 7 remake because it's the PlayStation Plus game of the month and I'm out of my mind excited about that. But I haven't been able to leave Bloodborne yet. This is a game that I watched people playing for five years and fantasized about. And it's just like I've been building it up and building it up and I got to play with you a couple of years ago when you came to visit, but I didn't get enough. And so this, this now it's like I played through the game, loved it so much that I'm playing through it again before I even think about playing something oh else because yes. it's so... Oh, special. It's gothic horror and cosmic horror in the same thing. It's an HP Lovecraft inspired souls game. How can I not love it? Right. How can I not love it? So I'm, I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. Actually talking about self-discovery. Um, what brought along that conversation that Max, that Max was just talking about there is I was thinking to myself that I've just become a real bitter person not like all the time, you know, like I don't always feel bitter, but I, I feel bitter enough to where I'm just like, I just need to like, and I'm not, I don't usually f- see myself as somebody who's typically really bitter at things. So, um, we're going to, we're going to work on that and, and become a happier. And I think part of it is just eating better. I made, um, lemon and so I made Greek chicken and rice in my instant pot last night. Nice. It took me 25 minutes to prepare and four minutes to cook. <laughs> wow. Wonderful thing ever. And I did have to like let it sit after that for about 10 minutes while the veggies cooked inside of it. Less than an hour though. That's still really good. 
Dude, and it's incredible. I like saved half of it and then uh, put the rest of it in a big Ziploc bag and froze it. Perfect. And tonight, um, I think I'm going to either tonight or tomorrow. I can't. I don't. I haven't decided yet. Maybe I'm thinking tonight though. I'm gonna make lentil. Um, like just just like uh, Moroccan lentil. It's not really a soup. It's kind of more like a um, curry almost, but it's a, nice. thicker than that. It's like a paste. Yeah. Kind of. And yep, I'm going to make some mean. some quinoa along with that. Mm. Um, and like I was looking so, and I'm going to freeze half of that, too, or even more than that. So I'm trying to like get to the point where over the next few weeks, like groceries are taken care of. I'm not eating out. If I need to eat something, I can just like break a chunk off of what's frozen and put that, mm-hmm. you know, in the microwave and I'm ready to go. And so, so smart. So I'm, I'm working on that. And then I'm going to make some uh, sous vide egg bites, too. Which I'm so excited for. What, I bought what is spring. that? Because I'm just imagining that's like sous vide boiled eggs. What's the difference? Yeah, it, it's it's. So have you? I mean, have you been to Starbucks and purchased their egg bites? Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. I'm making those yep. essentially. Okay. okay. Um, and I'm gonna use spinach and bacon, and then maybe do a little bit of cheddar cheese. I don't know. I don't even think I'll put cheese in it. I think I'll just do spinach and a little bit of bacon. Um, and then maybe a little bit of spices. We'll see. That's incredibly healthy. I'm gonna. I'm just. I'm just gonna try to like make a recipe out of it. And I bought these molds that you put in your uh, instant pot that like make the eggs for you. You just pour. You know, you do your little egg thing. So I'm excited. I, I haven't. I'm looking at recipes, trying to figure stuff out. But heck yeah, yeah. That and then just like start working out and get out more. I have Ring Fit Adventure. I might as well use it. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so it's fun. I really enjoy Ring Fit Adventure. And it's like to drive is not like it's not the drive is not there. It's honestly, I forget. I get off of work and I start like watching TV or playing games and I just forget to work out like legitimately. Mm-hmm. And I'll remember at like one o'clock in the morning when I'm going to bed. I'm like, oh, shoot, you know what? I need Oops. to work out tomorrow. Let's do yeah. that. And then literally nothing the next day. I just totally forget. So yeah. um, we got to solve Routine that. is really helpful for that. Just like finding it a is. fixed time in your schedule every day that or every other day that you do it. So it's like, yep. And after a couple of weeks, it's just like habit. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I have to tell you something. I just remembered. Speaking of mental health, man. Uh, I'm not upset about this at all, but it is funny that it happened. And I think you could get upset about it if you allow yourself to. <laughs> I purchased for full price because I love it. And I think it's important to support things that you love. Yes. Um, NBA 2K21. I do not love Take Two or Activision or anything wrapped up in Rockstar or that kind of stuff. Um. Not a fan of the developer or the publishers, but I do like to take or 2K games mm-hmm. and I love basketball games. I love sports games just in general. Absolutely love sports games. I'll play Madden and like NBA games and baseball games. Like that's the reason I don't I have a backlog. That's the only reason is because I'll like <laughs> I have Ghost of Tsushima that I'm like 20 hours into right now. Not even that I'm like 15 hours into it. I have played a lot of multiplayer, but I'm like 15 hours into that game. And I'm literally just like having a great time with it. And I just bought NBA 2K21 and I played that for probably like 40 hours already. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like this is just the game. I stayed up two nights in a row until four o'clock and five o'clock the next day. And I was just like, dang it, I I need to I I need to not do this. And so uh, (laughs) not even like wants to. It's like I need to not to not stay up until five o'clock playing basketball. You do. Um, And so. I bought it though full price, and guess what was announced today? Uh, they're about, discounting it uh, on sale. They're not like 40 percent off sale. It is worse than that. It's coming to Game Pass. Mm. 
Uh, of course it's coming to Game Pass, which I have. I'm, I'm locked in the Game Pass for the next two years with my Xbox. So, like, man alive. I, I didn't buy it physically. I bought it digitally because I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to get this digitally. I don't mind paying full price for this because I love this game. Like, I want them to keep making this game. I'm not really all that upset about it, to be honest with you, because like you can't get mad about games coming to Game Pass when you didn't know like you like, you know, you can't you can't make decisions based on information you don't have. Yeah. And literally, I thought about buying this game like a month ago. I've been sitting on this decision for a month, which is a pretty long time for me to sit on something when I like have the funds to just do it whenever I want to. Mm -hmm. It's just like, wow. I, I should not buy this yet. I need to give Madden more time. I'm mm-hmm. still not done with that game. And I finished all my achievements in Madden and moved on to uh, NBA. Um, let's talk about Star Wars. It's coarse. It's rough. It's irritating. It gets everywhere. We won't forget it anymore. Force speed. Medichlorians. Is mm. Anakin Jesus? These are the <laughs> questions that we're going to discuss over the next few hours. So buckle up, folks, because... Um, they just got the tattooing or are getting the tattooing in my movie. And I had planned, I do not have any intention on stopping this podcast until this movie is over. Oh boy. So oh boy, let's get into it and have some fun and see if we don't have to use that rewind button or that fast forward button. Excuse me. Um, we're talking about Phantom Menace. So let's just get, you know, general overall opinions um, and we're going to do what we do at the beginning of each of these shows. Um, sometimes you do it at the end. Sometimes you do it at the beginning. But, Max, I want to find out where this one ranks on your personal list. Yes. And let me pull that up because I need to be able to, like, yeah. reference it. Because I got to tell you what, man. After this watching, this is I, – I don't know. I don't know where this is going to be for me. I really have to think about this because it's going to be much higher than I've I've ever had Star Wars before. I know I have Star Wars rankings in here. Did I delete that that note? I usually always have it in here. I must have deleted the note. It's all right. I'll make this ranking right now. Empire. Okay. Which we've already talked about one that we haven't watched yet. Yep. So for me, this is this is my second favorite so far. Uh, no, this is my this this is my number one favorite that we've watched so far, and my second favorite, I suspect overall. overall. But yeah, this is number one for me so far. Oh my gosh, that's so interesting. This is okay. this is better than Empire Strikes Back. All right, all right, all right. I'm very excited to figure out why that is um, with you. Um, Man, I really wish I could – actually, I can find that really quickly right here. Just give me me uno momento, por favor. Sermon Cersus Dados, por favor. Remain seated, please. Did you ever learn Spanish, Max, from just standing in line at a uh, Disney attraction? Nope. I learned Spanish from Spanish class in high school. <laughs> they tried to do that to me. They tried to teach me that Spanish in that Spanish high school class. Nope. Only from an attraction. I refused. I, I, I believe you. <laughs> refuse. 
Well, there's also a lot to be, be said for for like hearing the spoken word, right? There's a reason. There's a reason that they say the fastest way to learn a language is to move to the country. Yeah, for sure. Right, just being immersed in it, yeah. hearing it spoken, understanding like the the sort of physical characteristics that go along with it. Like it's it's all very straightforward. Um, <sighs> yeah, this Spanish. is my this is my fourth favorite this is number Star four. Wars. This is number four. For How me. does it rank compared to all the ones we've watched so far? This, from all the ones we watched so far, this is the third best for me. So, A so, New Hope and Empire ranks higher than this one. So, A New Hope is number one, Empire is number two, this is number three, and Return no, of the Jedi Empire is number four. Empire is number one, A New Hope is number two. Um, this would be number three. Wow. And then six would be number four. Wow. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And I think I'll be surprised. Where, yeah, it's shuffling around. So, like, what's really interesting is is now some previous episodes don't matter for my rankings at all. Because what was ranked fourth, um, actually, Return of the Jedi ended up being ranked fifth for me as on my overall list. But now it's third on what I've watched so far. So I'm going to change the ranking of how we're doing this. From here on out, we will make this rule. Four episodes in, we're clapping it. It's being done. This is we're just building our lists as we go, our personal lists, and then we'll argue about the collective list later. So we're just going to build our personal lists right now. Mm -hmm. Right. So we've watched four movies. So we have four movies on our list. So we'll say when we say this is third, it means we're only like third out of what we're doing. And at the very end, we won't write it down. I mean, we'll write it down. But at the very end, we'll like go through the whole thing and be like, oh, so this is how my 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 uh, series, uh, you know, fell out. Right. At the end. So, which is probably what you were doing anyways, Max, and not something I was doing. So I'm getting mm-hmm. on the right page with you. <laughs> cool. This is how we're doing. Welcome. It welcome to the fun club. Yep. So Empire Strikes Back, um, A New Hope, A Phantom Menace or The Phantom Menace and then Return of the Jedi for me uh, as of right now. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Why is this number one for you, man? Why, why do you like it so much? Like, because so far, this is just, your, this is your favorite. It's so fun. It's just so fun. Right, it's fun, it's dramatic, and it's got one of the best lightsaber fights in in the series, and it's got a real sense of like a journey, right? Because they go through all the stuff and this hardship and these adventures and stuff, and then they turn around and they go back to Naboo to liberate it, and it's just so cool to like yeah. see all these characters and meet all it these is. people. I really, I feel like it makes me feel like. This is an introduction to the Star Wars universe for someone who's never seen Star Wars, right? This is so it's got it's got Jar Jar, it's got Sebulba, it's got the pod races, it's got the ominous sort of evil of Darth Maul and Palpatine. It's just like I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. And one of the things that I love about it that beats out Return of the Jedi is just how colorful it is. Like even on Tatooine, there's so many oranges and grays and reds and blues, and it's just it's, it's beautiful. It is. It really is. It's yeah. it's it's gorgeous. It, it absolutely is. Um, I, I like it for all of the reasons you like it. Um, for it as well, like that's the main reason I enjoy this is too. Is like it does have. I think it has the most, most. That's not the right word for it. The best. I think it has the best, coolest, just awesome. It's like musical experience of the entire series. I just don't mm-hmm. feel like you can get better than Duel of the Fates 
when that door opens and the music yep. starts and yep. it's, it's Darth Maul standing there and you have never seen a, a, a double bladed lightsaber until this moment. Yep. And I remember sitting in the theaters and just having that like, holy crap, that's mm-hmm. two on the same, like blew my mind. Like mm-hmm. you could do that. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know that was part of the rules. Like, all right, all right. We're like changing the game a little bit. And then from there <laughs> on out, like Knights of the Old Republic, every single game that I ever played, I just wanted to have a dual bladed lightsaber. Freaking uh, the Jedi, the Jedi Order, you know, the new Fallen Order, the new game, right? Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to have a double bladed lightsaber the entire game if I could, you know? So that's the first <laughs> thing I tried to do is look up where to find that and then go get it. And it's not great for offense. It's much better for defense. And I hated that because it took me a lot longer to get good at the game because mm-hmm. I just refused to not want to use it. I love double bladed lightsabers. And this is why. This is the reason why. <laughs> it's because of Duel of the Fates. And that I just, and as much as I love music now, man, it's so good. What I don't like about the film and the reason it's not number one on my list or number two even, or even number, oh, it is number three, or number two even, um, is mostly just because like it's a lot of the dialogue and the acting performances just kind of fall a little flat for me. It, just a little bit. And, and so that part of it for me really brings down like, like I didn't feel that way in any of the original trilogy. Like I wasn't watching that movie and thinking like, Oh, that just kind of sounded cheesy. Like mm-hmm. they have cheesy lines. They do for sure. But like, unfortunately there's a difference between, like, I don't know. Ewan McGregor and, and Liam Neeson are awesome. I just don't like the way they got directed to play those roles. I think that's where it's at. Is it's Because I've seen them in other roles and they can play like really incredibly charismatic people. I mean... It's so just what, is it, what is it about each character? Let's, let's talk about each character individually. Like what is it about Qui-Gon that you do not like? You know, it's, it's really just the... It's the overall mannerisms and it's not even so much that it's like dialogue delivery. And it's the biggest issue I have with the, in the entire prequel trilogy. So we're like, we're going to talk about this This is going to be my main gripe for all the films. Um, It's just when I sit down and I watch it, something triggers in my brain that says, you know, that delivery of that dialogue just really feels like it doesn't have any emotional weight to anything behind it. It just feels very flat. It just doesn't feel like, this is something that naturally would come out of this person's mouth. So it just doesn't, I don't feel like it's natural delivery. Like it just doesn't see like, is that it feels, only with Qui-Gon and it's, it's Padme ben? literally do. It's like part of, it's not every character though. Like Watto, I think does a terrific job delivering his clients and like has like weight to everything and feels great. I think the announcer, Greg Proops, he does an incredible job. Like, <laughs> It's a lot of it's these big like the the main characters, which is why everything like kind of falls. It's it's mainly the Jedi. It's mainly Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan and um, Padme, Padme. That's really and it's honestly it's through the whole trilogy that Mm -hmm. that I I will talk about that when we get to those movies. Like I'll focus here on that. Padme's not as bad. It's just. I have I have in universe justifications, which is fine, like because I get that and I hear what you're saying. Yeah, and I know I know that it's stilted. My understanding for why it's stilted is because of the tension that exists between Obi Wan and Qui Gon. The fact that like there's this like mentor student relationship, and and like Qui Gon is trying to like be formal. 
right? He's he's being formal. They start out as ambassadors. And they're functioning as caretakers of yep. this princess the yeah, entire I get time, it. right? Like they are envoys for the Jedi Council, basically. And that happens the whole film. So Qui-Gon for me is like trying really hard to be is really centered. He's really centered. And so there's not a lot that ruffles him. And I can easily see how that could be interpreted as flat affectation. So I get it. And as far as Obi-Wan goes, he's trying really hard to emulate Qui-Gon because he wants to be accepted, right? And so he 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 also talks this way because this is how he just, he believes this is how successful Jedi are supposed to talk. And, and, and then Padme obviously is a princess, right? And so there's like this, this, this like formal, like yeah, courtroom, I, I, courtroom yep, demeanor that they have with each it's other. It's not even so much that too. It's just like, she's in this really weird place where she has the secret that like, she's trying not to, to play off of. So she's, she is an incredibly formal person that's trying to play somebody who needs to be formal to one person, but is supposed to be able to relax around everybody else, you know, like around Anakin and around these other people, but can't because she knows who she actually is. My goodness. Padme is at is Amidala, by the way, you've seen the film, you know, we're, this is spoiler episodes. You know, <laughs> like I, I forget, I forget that part of the time when we're watching our shows, like, or we're doing our episode, like, Oh, I can talk about the end of the episode right now if mm-hmm. I want to, like the end of the movie. So it's just, I understand every single reasoning for all of that. And I agree with you on a lot of them. I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That does make a lot of sense too. It's just, it, it doesn't, that does nothing for me to further my enjoyment of the film. Cause okay. it still sounds the way it sounds, even yeah. though I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I don't like the way you sound. I'm not, you know, like. That's fair. I mean, there's there's a reason that, like, there aren't a lot of movies made in, like, true medieval fashion, right? Like, whoa, lady, methinks this does being of yeah. tender kind. And it's like, people, Shakespeare died for a reason, right? Like, Shakespeare yeah. is, Shakespearean theater is still, is, is like, kept That's... alive by a very passionate, very tiny group of people. Yeah. Because that sort of formality, Man. that sort of language, that sort of presentation is archaic, but I think that's the point. This is like, this is like the before time, right? Where things were more formal and more structured and more, more concrete. Yeah. I just feel like there's a way you can do it and still have, I'm going to throw out an example for you that I think, tell me if it's wrong or or dissimilar, but it kind of like Qui-Gon and, if you were talking about needing to be formal and needing to be that teacher and just or needing to like put on like that like wisdom aspect to it, um, I, I would like to point you to like the very first uh, Dumbledore in Harry Potter universe. That actor was Richard so Harris. incredibly good. Yes, Richard Harris. Uh, by like being able to be soft spoken and understanding and a mentor, but have just like. I don't know that when he spoke, I just felt like there was just, it was real and it was there and he really cared for these people. And he was just really trying to like point Harry and these people in the direction that I I don't know. It felt very different. It felt like there is an emotional weight to it that I just don't feel like I have with, and it's not all the time when Qui-Gon's talking to Obi-Wan about the Medichlorians. I feel good when he's talking on, 
like talking to I'm watching the tables at the dinner scene right now. That's good, too. Like there's it's not the entire time. It's just enough of the time that my brain is just like I can't enjoy it where I, I feel like the, I feel like it could be done. And let me put I can put it this way, too. It could be done in a way that like I would like. But that doesn't mean that's what it's supposed to be. Like I am happy understanding that like. There's a probably a purpose and a reason they speak this way, and I'm okay with that. It's not what I like, you know. I would Fall, I would Fall also Boy. argue that the big difference between Dumbledore and Qui Gon is that Dumbledore is like the 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 depiction of like learned wizards versus like Master Jedi. Like Master right. Jedi are supposed to be detached, right? There's this this notion of like being that's, that's walled off from true. emotion and, and the world. And even Qui-Gon, it bleeds through sometimes. Like when, when they're talking about like, aren't you worried for, aren't you worried for Anakin putting him in the pod race? Right. Like Padme is indignant that he would gamble this kid's life for an engine. Right. Yeah. But you hear in lines where he says they have pod racing on Malastare, very fast, very dangerous. And it's like, that's him saying, I am well aware that this kid could die. Right. But he has this, and we talked about this a lot during the movie he has this sense of the living force almost akin to Yoda that makes him very peaceful yeah. about the things happening around him. And that formality combined with that peacefulness can all can also very easily be seen as like um he, flat. He but honestly, he's a, like Qui-Gon is the closest the Jedi come in their like pop culture depictions. To the sort of monk stylizations right. that Jedi are supposed say, to be. He he sounds like somebody who's going to um sell you alternate healing and like crystals and talk to you. Like those people have a very like similar cadence, though. You know, mm-hmm. like he sounds like he's going to sell you that. Um and and, and and it's the force. Like he sounds like a hippie. Yeah. But understands that like he's also the heavyweight champion of the world. So he has the confidence to do what he needs to do. So he has that firmness in the voice. But his demeanor is very much so like I am in to the Jedi and into the way of the force. And this is how I am. So I am at peace with who I am and I'm mm-hmm. calm and like I get it. It's not that, I, you know, it's not that I understand. It's the situation of I don't like it. And and that's OK because yes. other, I mean, it, it's something we're like. To me, it's similar to when a band changes a style between what something you love and they do something new and you favorite bands, new stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't like that stuff. Yep. You know what? It's a good for you guys for doing something that you want to do and following whatever artistic, you know, like field you have to be into. Like following your artistic, you know, like integrity. spirit, <laughs> integrity, yeah. go that way, please. Yeah. And I, I am happy saying good for you. That's not for me. I understand. I want more of this. But you can't always get more, mm-hmm. you know, like, that's cool. It's like, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's parts of the trill of all, every trilogy that I love more than any other trilogy. And there's parts that I really dislike about it. You know, it's so. just so funny to me. It's like watching, it's like watching a historical documentary and, or like a period movie piece and being like, they talk funny. Like, yep. They yeah. Do. I just, you know, it's the issue is, it's like, it's tw- like 30, 20. 20, 30, 30, 40, 40 years, 35, 40 years. Mm-hmm. You, yes, you do talk differently that in that distance. I understand that, but like maybe not like that drastic of cadence. I don't know. I don't know. It's, 
we also don't have any Jedi in the new in the new sequels either, other than Yoda and Obi Wan, and yeah, I don't know, man. So we've what spent else? twenty minutes talking about <laughs> their dialogue and the no, way they... convers- the conversation is like a lot of the movie, and oh, you know, we're and, talking you know about it's the it's the reason it it's the only reason why like these movies are not higher on the list for me. I think everything about these are really cool. I love the story. I think it's really fascinating. Um, do you want to give us a, a brief like breakdown of what's going on for people? Because really, if you're just watching it to watch it, when I was 12, I didn't really understand what was going on. I don't know if you did. You know, you, you typically pick up on story stuff more than I do. I have no, I had no idea what was happening. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, so I, I, obviously some of the political components like blockades and tariffs and stuff had to be explained to me. Um, but once I understood those fundamentals, it was basically like, um, there's two groups, there's the, the Federation and the Jedi basically. And the Federation is evil and they are blockading this little planet to on purpose at the behest of some evil politician to spark a war, right? They're trying to, they're trying to spark, they're trying to get a war so that they can justify invading the planet. Right. And, and then they do. And, so these people have to get the queen out of there to safety, to a safe place. So the Senate can like figure out what the hell is going to happen. And then they, she, she realizes that nothing is going to happen. And Palpatine encourages her to move for a vote of no confidence in the chancellor. He uses her as his political puppet because she's 16 years old and leading mm-hmm. a planet by electoral mm-hmm. vote. Don't ask me how that happened. I don't agree with Naboo's political systems, but it happened, right? And evidently, it's not the first time it's happened. So Palpatine manipulates her, and then she's like, well, I'm going to free my planet. And so they go back and they free her planet. But the problem is that this has kicked off tensions and and conflict in the universe that didn't exist before. And so this is really the first couple of pieces moving on the chessboard. And it... It's so exciting for me because this is really just a couple of pawns moving, maybe a knight, but they make it feel so epic the entire yeah, time, right? It and is. they make every moment feel super tense. Oh, it is. It's so good too. And it's yeah, it's just oh man, because the the like, would you you would say so? Would you say what would you say is like like story A and story B, or do we have two story A's going on here? Because, like, you have Anakin's storyline, which is vitally important to kick all this off. And, like, like. Yeah, he's no, he's the he's the party character that gets picked up on a side quest. Right. So the side quest is getting the engine, the pod race and stuff. But, oh, yeah, they find him and then he joins the party. Right. And then you start to learn more about him and about his nuance and his intricacies. And you start to realize, you know, who this kid is going to become. Right. And that was very obvious in universe. Everybody knew it after the, you know, the the very famous posters that you and I brag about with like him oh, yeah. walking away from his house and the shadow on the wall being Darth Vader. Right. Like yeah. everybody knows what's it's happening there. The and what it's gonna be. Yeah. But so I think it's just the one story. It's about it's it's Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, really. And it's about their their effort to facilitate the events on Naboo. Yeah. Because you follow them through Naboo, they have to escape, but they take the queen with them, they get her out, they go to the Senate to plead for help, she decides, I'm going back, there's nothing you can do to stop me, and they say, fine, we'll go with you. 
and they go back and they help her um, liberate her planet, which is rare for the Jedi, right? The Jedi are not normally so overtly political. This is a big step for them. Do you think this is the first big step for them? Yes, this is huge. This is why it's such a big deal when the council sends Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan with her back to the planet. It's like they are taking sides in a political conflict, and that's just not something the Jedi normally do. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think – do you think that that it's – do you think that was orchestrated and that was like done on purpose by the Dark Lord? Or do you think that just is a happy coincidence of like, oh – Oh, this is okay. And he like took advantage of something that was just happened to happen. I think they are panicking. I think this is a scramble decision. I think, you know, that that sort of like initial lunge you make for, for an object when it drops, right? Most of us are not dexterous enough to actually catch the object. Right. But we all like do this like clumsy, like juggle catch thing that we try to like collect it before it hits the ground. Them, the Jedi Council sending Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon to Naboo, back to Naboo with Amidala is that scramble. That like, oh, crap. They feel the presence of the dark side of the force. They understand that large pieces of power are in play. And they're like, well, get out there and find out what it is because we're clearly on the back foot right now. (laughs) Yeah. Right? And it's already too late. Because they've already been outmaneuvered, right? It's like it's like starting a game of chess after the other player has made five moves, <laughs> and you just you can't come back from that. Yeah, and also like doing it blindfolded, you know, like that's yes. essentially what they are trying to do. Yes, this move, you know, like it, it is incredible the the amount of setup and, and like power that happens here. Um, all right, awesome. Well, that's that's a good recap of kind of what went on in, in Phantom Menace and. Uh, Jeez, did you you watch this in theaters for the first time? Yep. I, I, well, actually, I think I watched it as a rental. Okay. I think I think we rented it. No, no, no. This was theaters. I watched it in theaters. Okay. I watched it in theaters. I remember the theater. Yeah, this was and my it was, birthday party when I turned however old I turned when this came out. Yeah. Eleven, apparently. I thought I turned twelve when this came out, though. I'm so confused. <laughs> Because this movie was released in 1999, and I was born in 88, so I would have only been able to turn 11. But I thought I was 12 because I had fr- – you know what? I just – I don't know. I don't know what happened. Um, mm. Anyways, uh, yeah. So this was my whole birthday party. I got like posters and toys from it and like it was awesome. I remember this and like was I was in love with this. Furthered my <laughs> – and I love Gar- Jar Jar and everything about it. Um, but, uh, let's go through, let's go through the questions that I, that I typed up. Yes. Um, while I I watched this again and we'll just, we'll, we'll just go from there and then we'll see what else happens while we do it. (laughs) Um, cause I think, yeah, I love it. I want want to talk more about it. Um, all right. Four speed, three question marks right after that. I had never noticed that before, Mm -hmm. but this is the first time you get to see the Jedi use something like other than force pull and push, you know, and like choke, I guess where I guess lightning Four. they had four force powers. Um, and maybe force. Anyways, they did force speed, like immediately after you were introduced to the Jedi and never caught that before. I just thought that was so cool. Yes. Um, and, and, and really, really just like, yeah, awesome. I love it. I, I, but so the at problem, this point, 
do you think they introduced four speed? Do you think that was something Lucas already thought about? Or do you think that was a direct influence from like uh, Jedi Knight games and, and, and that such like video games? No, do you think video games no. introduced four speed or the books, maybe. That's a great question. And I do not know the answer. I don't know. It's a chicken and egg situation. I am not in touch enough with the culture and the community to know. Yeah. Um, But I do know that they like one of the, they fall victim to the classic uh, problem of introducing new mechanics in a system is that those mechanics aren't then relied upon later. Right. Like they, they can like just blink away right in that scene from the destroyers at the very beginning. And then like three minutes later, they're on the planet running away from, the droid army and Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon are like just flailing around with their arms out, like, like cartoon characters, you know, like when Qui-Gon encounters, when Obi-Wan encounters Qui-Gon and Jar Jar, he comes running away from some speeders, right? They're on, they're on these speeders and they're going, and Obi-Wan's just like, ha ha. And it's like, he could very easily take out his lightsaber, turn around and deflect some blaster bolts, or he could force speed. And instead, he's just like running. It's like, what are you doing? I imagine he could like force speed right next to it, do a force jump into it with a saber and do a flip, turn Mm -hmm. around, land. Cool shot in the movie. Done. But then they would never have ran into Jar Jar, you know, which which would have been a problem because we definitely need that. Do you think think it's on a timer? Like like a six turn timer? (laughs) That is an interesting question probably <laughs> maybe they maybe they had already used most of their powers on the ship and they were depleted the, i right? wonder why, i honestly wonder do you think the force can be depleted yes um or do you think it's a endless supply wait no, do you no, think no. it's an endless supply but it depends on the user's ability to access that supply i don't i don't think any so, user is like ostensibly all powerful i think any any Jedi, it, like all the all the Jedi that we encounter, at least not not counting like the extended universe and all the legends and stuff, um, but all the Jedi we see, I think could not do it because I think it takes energy, right? It's just like going for a run, right? Like you, even if you're really fit, I you agree. Can go for a run for a long time, but eventually you have to stop. Yeah, I 100% agree, but I do think that some some Jedi have a higher capacity to access it than. Um, Oh yeah, definitely. No, there's, it's a it's a uh, spectrum. Yeah, for sure, for sure, absolutely, absolutely. Sweet. That literally explains force speed, though. Is the ability? You know, I th- I do think that's probably why. Maybe it was kind of like on a timer, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And so, do you? Yeah, because they use a lot of the force when they're up on the 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 ships. Sorry, what were you gonna say? Um, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I think this, we should directly go into Medichlorians now. It just makes yeah. sense. It just yeah. does. It, it does. Just, and it's, it's, I, not, I, it's not my next question, but it makes sense to like yes. go into it. Um, and so, yeah. What do you, okay. I'll just talk about, I always ask you the question <laughs> and you, you yeah. got me on that last time. Um, Medichlorians <laughs> for me are just something that I've never really like. I've always been told that they were really dumb and stupid. I've never really held that opinion. I kind of think it makes sense. Like I, I had this argument with my friends um, when we were talking about a later movie in the series. And he was saying that like he doesn't like Medichlorians because it's like winning the lottery. Right. It's just like you just happen to be born with more like, like he's just like that's just that like that doesn't that means like. 
not everybody can do that. Like, you know, it means that like not everybody can be this thing. And I was just like, yeah, I think, I think that's okay though. And that's right though. Cause it mirrors like everyday, like life. It does. It mirrors like the real world. We, you know, like not everybody I, is LeBron James in basketball. Exactly. Right? And I, that's what I'm saying is just like, you know, he is six, nine and 270 pounds and is still like faster than most of the league. That dude's incredible. And we'll argue about MJ LeBron at, at a later date. Maybe we'll make that our next bonus episode. Um, but yeah. So like the medical always just made sense to me. Cause like, that's what it is. It literally is just kind of like, well, some people are born seven foot and incredibly athletic and can pick what sport they want to play professionally if that's what they want to do. And some people can't. Some people are born with the ability to read music really well and like are talented and can pick up an instrument and just play it. Other people can like sit down for 14 hours straight and play an MMO. Like those are skills because like yeah. not everybody can do that. Like it's it's like, genius is really what it is. It's like it's genius is this concept that like someone is preternaturally skilled at something that they should not be skilled at. Yeah. And what I like about Metaclorians is it makes sense because it's biological, right? right? This isn't something that he can control. This is like, this is this thing that weaves itself into the fabric of reality. And it just happens to be highly concentrated in him. It could just as easily, there's probably a Jedi fish out there somewhere that nobody bothered to tell is a Jedi. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like swimming around, like breathing on land and, and blowing people's minds. You know what? Maybe the abominable snowman, yet he was a Jedi, like, user and yep. that's how he knew to like move the like lightsaber away and mm-hmm. like because there are jedi animals like in jedi like creatures that aren't like humans that's just yeah. we've Medicorians seen Medicorians move through all life not just yeah not yeah just and humans. like if you watch any of the extended universe as far as like rebels or resistance or uh um clone wars especially clone wars um you get all sorts of different creatures that are force sensitive and like it really expands to like this is all life. This is not mm-hmm. just, and it's not just life. Like it flows through everything. Like it's like something that binds the fabric of all of the reality. You know, like yes. it really like flows. You know, we can and that I, I imagine it's like being able to manipulate things like um, not quite molecularly, but being able to tap into like the atoms that connect everything in the world together. Mm-hmm. You know. And exactly. Was, yeah. And I like that it comes around now because it's like now that, you know, this is like them admitting that they're going to go deeper into this universe. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're doing it and the fact that they are doing it while also continuing to build out the foundations of the structure of this universe is fabulous to me. I love that. It's not just an origin story for Anakin. It's an origin story for the lore. Right. It's like this is how this universe works. And I love that George Lucas was like. Here's how I here's how I imagine this works, right? Here's here's my thinking on this. And in traditional fanboy fashion, many people were not happy because mm-hmm. it's not what they wanted. And it's like it just reminds me of that, you know, that quote from Jiminy Cricket in Pinocchio. He says, Well, you can't please everybody. <laughs> and you can't, especially with as rabid a fan base as the Star Wars franchise has. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I feel that. We talked about that. That's this mm-hmm. like episode. Like I like I, I I don't like this movies as much as I would because of it doesn't contain things that I want. Right. As a fan, you know, I want things this way, you know, mm-hmm. but like it doesn't. Yeah. Anyways, you're absolutely right. Um, 
Um, so I like it. I think it makes sense. I think it's fun. I do too. I like it a lot. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's dumb. I kind of think it's great. And I kind of like that they expand on it. I really, I enjoyed the line where like, wow, that's not even like, not even Master Yoda has a count that high. Mm-hmm. You're like, they're telling you, hey, this is important. This is what gives somebody the ability to use the force. Oh, by the way, this kid, he's probably going to be pretty powerful. Oh, his name is Anakin. That sounds familiar. Oh, he's a Skywalker. Okay. Like, <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. awesome. I love it. I love all of it. It just sets it up for, for the next few to like this. Like, yeah. Oh, man. Then we get the most beautiful pod racing scene. I love it. That was so cool. Um, I spent hours playing that pod racing game. Forever. Pod racing was really fun. I really and a lot of people don't like that either for the same reason where it's like you're not just you're not just doing the same stuff over and over. You're building the world out. Yeah. Right? And that's what I really like about it is they expand it so much. It's like, OK, like we're going into this universe. Let's go into this universe. And they spend so much time exploring and doing new and interesting and I love it. vibrant stuff. Yeah. So I no. really I, I enjoy this a lot. I think it's a lot yeah. of fun. What's your I'm next question? You. Um, is Anakin Jesus? I think we should just move into this right uh, now. Because it right makes sense next, with the Metachlorians. Yeah, and it's right next to And then we'll get into my other weird questions. But yeah. No, he is, is not. So it, he's not. No, no. definitely not. Um, but I do want to talk about the circumstances of his birth. So are, are we to say that the force is what impregnated what is her name is it shmi shmi yeah okay i thought it was shmi yes um are we used to say the force is what created anakin no shmi? like no no what do so, you take as what happened like all we have to bo- go on is what shmi tells us right okay yes she's he says he says something about the father and she looks at him and she kind of squints and scowls and she just says very matter-of-factly there was no father I birthed him. I raised him. Right. And to me, Shmi is a very practical woman, right? She is just, she's, she is trying to get by. She's trying to make a life that is reasonably comfortable for her and her son, given their slave circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so when he's asking about this really tender, sensitive issue, she's just like, nope, it didn't happen. It wasn't a thing. It's all me. Yeah. Right. And it's like she doesn't say there is no father. She's she says, "I'm the it's me, right? I am the parent, right?" See, that's kind of how I read it too. But I feel like she does because she does say something about not being able to explain it. She's like, "I can't explain it." I you know, almost like I don't know how it happened. And that's a line that's thrown in there where because I'm more on your side that I think that that's really what they're trying to say there. But at the same time, I think Lucas would be the person and write a story that would say, nope, this is the force that made this The force happen. created this kid. Anakin. Yeah, because yeah, that's part of the prophecy, you know? Well, yeah, and to bring balance. And I, I, in, to some degree, I think that makes sense. Um, I, I honestly – I like your explanation more. I think in world, it's way more practical and I am like that's what I want, you yeah. know? I think Lucas is saying the force created Anakin. That's that's my thoughts on it. And I don't like it as much as as I would have. When 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 in the film do does she say does she say she can't explain it? 
She says it like right after she explains it. I, I'm, it's I'm it's the, the conversation she and Qui Gon have while Annie's working on his pod, right? Yeah, I'm at the the the. Um... No, it's and... not. It's not. It's not that conversation. He's like, it's at night. After he gets the Metachlorian readings, he's like, "Who's the father?" Okay, I'm. I'm going to go back to it. Yeah. See if I can turn on some pedals too. Oh yeah, it's back at like fifty fifty minutes or so. Okay. Yeah, here it is. This is important, folks. We got to figure this out. Yeah, because that line does kind of turn everything upside down. No, she doesn't talk about it then. He says the Metachlorian counts are off the charts. Maul shows up. And then they go to the race. Okay, well, she does. When does he ask her about the father, though? It's got to be... I think it's when they're talking before that. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll look for that too. It's back at like 46, 47 minutes. You can see things before they happen. Okay, I carried him. I gave birth. I raised him. I can't explain what happened. He, she says it right after that line. That's the issue. Can you help him? I don't know. I'm going to go back a little bit more. Then I'll, I'll explain the whole I carried him, I gave birth, I raised him. Uh yeah, that's interesting. It is. When and she says the, it like when she says it like that, so here's what I think. Is when she says it like that, I think she looks at him with like this sort of like shy smile. Like, I can't explain what happened. I think what she means is I have no idea why this kid is so special. I have no idea why he is this special because yeah, whoever the father was, was not special. That's, that's true. my interpretation. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think you're, I think you are putting your interpretation on something that could be very matter of fact. I think it's written in a way that we can interpret it in very many yes, different ways. It is intent. It is intentionally designed to be, is he Jesus? Who knows? We yeah. didn't overtly say he is, but we also didn't yeah. say he isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. I'm with but you. I cho- it, in it, my, it, in it, my it, narrative, I just choose not to accept that because that's, yeah that's just jump it's jumping the shark you know it's ridiculous well i mean yeah but like that's not something that's unrealistic of a lucas story we know that you know like we understand lucas stories can go a little off the rails even if it's only parts of it you know it's it's like Mm -hmm. there's a train traveling down the track that has like a bend in it that was just like continuously off the rails like it's just sitting there the whole time yeah he just you know you've seen kingdom of crystal skull man come on um i need to rewatch it it's great i I do like it it's off the rails almost the whole time anyway yeah so yeah let's let's just like keep going with this inside inside kind of like this part of the story because Qui-Gon Jinn cheats and it's really interesting with the way he believes in the force Mm -hmm. and him that he feels like he can manipulate and use the force um, however he wants to. But you know what? We're going to pause for a second because I got nothing else to say and Max is leaving for a drink really quick. So folks go to the restroom, take a pause. We'll be right back and um, have a great time make yourself a drink five welcome back folks mac got his drink 
It looks delicious. It reminds me I need to go to the store and pick up myself some whiskey. Yes, so tomorrow do. night we can enjoy Attack of the Clones while we have a little drink. Very exciting. So the question to the jury was, oh, man, I have jury duty in 10 day, in seven days. I need to tell my boss about that. Do you have jury duty or do you remind- just have to like go in to see if you will be chosen? I have to go in to see if I will be chosen. Yeah, my I would I would be delighted to actually make it that far because the one time I got called up, I had like a, an existing conflict. I was in school. Yeah, so I would love to be called up again and just have the most outlandish opinions, and yeah. then like like basically like pick a character and be that character through the trial. Ooh, would you like me to? I can do that. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, like, I, pick a character. Can, we like, can, we could pick a character. <laughs> like what's 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 uh what's Geralt's best friend the dwarf what's his name Zoltan, Zoltan. go in go oh, in as Zoltan okay and see, how do you feel about religion Zoltan. and faith it's like ah to load a malarkey people believe what they want to believe to help them get by right <laughs> and and just yes. like that the whole way through so people are like did he do it or didn't he and it's like of course he didn't or of course she did right like yeah and just do that the whole time it's a little oh, bit yes, capricious yeah. with the fate of human beings. I understand that. And obviously, if it got that far, I would be like, okay, guys, now listen, here's here's who I really am. <laughs> right. But misrepresenting myself to the court would be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. Oh, man. Yeah, we'll keep you updated on what happens. Um, anyways, the question is why, who, how, what, when, and where. Um, why does Qui-Gon cheat and feel like he can just use the force to manipulate it? I mean, he probably feels like, here's my thought. He feels like the force is leading him to do this, to get this kid to where he wants this kid. He's a, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. He's already chosen yes. that this kid is the chosen one. So yes. he needs to fulfill that part of it to make sure it happens. But it, is that <laughs> what the prophecy needed in the first place? Is a Jedi who believed in it. That's the thing. Yeah. I, we don't I think know. it makes I think he just I think he despises Watto. I think he despises slave owners, right? And, oh for and, sure. And so he shows up trying to just like get off the planet and Watto's like, first of all, your Jedi mind tricks don't work on me. Second of all, I own people. Yeah. And then and then Qui-Gon is like because Qui-Gon initially wants both both of his slaves, right? Yeah. And Watto's like, you can't, you can have one. And so he 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 says, Fine, I need to take the kid. And he, he makes that decision. But he tries other things first, right? Yeah. And I think you could argue that the force could be used in other ways to affect the outcome more thoughtfully. Um, but I think, like we were talking about, Qui-Gon is very, very much sort of Taoist in his approach, where it's like, you know, the water water finds the path of least resistance down the mountainside, right? And so that's what he does. And he uses, you know, he doesn't have to do a lot while he's on Tatooine. And yes, but that little hand wave is one of the small handfuls of things that he does do. Do you do you agree with it morally and ethically, his outlook on life, though? Because does it not kind of give him a free pass to do what he feels like the force is leading him to do? I would he, argue. He's a, he's a yes. stand up dude. So, I mean, yes, he, he's good. He, but like, I feel like there's a little bit of just kind of, wow, this person has just a little too much um self-confident power as far as like how he feels like he needs to affect the world and that's what the jedi what do they what do they do they they rebuff him for that they rebuff him for that later in the movie is like he's overconfident right yeah and and they they say that almost outright they're like you are too 
sure of yourself or you want this to be true or something, right? They, they, they scold him for being um, single-minded. Um, I think, I think he is just doing what he's, he can do to make this life better. And when he, when he waves his hand to roll that dice, he's thinking of Shmeed looking up at him and saying, can you help him? I don't think he's just doing it because he wants this kid to be the chosen one. I think he's doing it because he has an opportunity to free a slave. I, I, I agree. That's what he believes he he's doing it for. But what you're talking about is like this concept of power, right? And power is a tool, right? And just like fire, it can be used to keep you warm or it can be used to kill. Right. Things, right. I'm, I'm not saying that he's wielding it incorrectly. I mean, like, I agree with every, every single action he's taken so far. I think he's doing a stand. I, Qui-Gon is one of my favorite Jedis. Like, mm-hmm. he's awesome. Like, I don't like him as much as I like Yoda or Luke. Um, I do love him, though. He's great. Um, I just, I do think you, 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 I think Qui-Gon's the person. I don't see, I don't know if Qui-Gon is the person. I think he is. I don't know. I, you know, he's the guy who has all that power where when it comes to his term being over, if he's the one that says, no, you can't elect me further because I can't have all this power. Or if it's a, I need to stay on because the force needs me to be here. And that's what it is. Like, I don't know in that option because he needs to like, I feel like to wield the force correctly. He, in my opinion, you know, there's no right, maybe right or wrong way to wield the force. It's we'll, we can talk about that, but I know. I think Qui Gon would would be, would say that. I don't know. I th- I I think I wouldn't trust him to. I think to make that decision and just to give up the power if that needed to happen. I yeah. think. And I think maybe, he does give up the power though, and that's part of the point. Is he he doesn't train Anakin, right? He doesn't take Anakin on as a Padawan. He defers to the Jedi Council, right? So the the choice does come for him to choose to to ignore. What do you mean? He takes advice. on Anakin. He was no, absolutely he going to if he was if he didn't die with Darth Maul, because he asks. Obi-Wan well, yeah, he says, he says Obi Wan is ready is ready for the tests, right? So he no, says at Obi-Wan, the end you're of the promoted. movie, when he dies, he tells Obi Wan to train Anakin, train mm-hmm. the boy. He was absolutely going to pull at him. And what right does he think he has to like believe Obi Wan's ready if he himself would not have done that himself? It's so he, fascinating he, he, to me that you were sitting here condemning Qui Gon for the same thing that we praised Luke for through all three movies as what made him a unique and special Jedi is the fact that he believes in himself. Right. He doesn't defer to the laws and the rules and right. the code. He believes he, he has the, he has a heart. He has a conscience. He knows what he believes is right. And he's going to fight for what he believes in. No, I'm not. And I think that's what makes Qui-Gon so. I like Qui-Gon. I told you he's like one of my th- third favorite Jedi. I just said that. Like, I'm raising the question of like big picture moral, like ethically is the way he's wielding the force correctly. Do we say yes? I didn't think about this question when you, when Luke was doing it, and I would have raised it for Luke too. The, the question you need to have that question for all. Yeah, the yeah, Jedi. yeah. No, I totally. That's I, you're right. That's, and that's the a important super part. Interesting question. Like th- yes. that's what I'm. I, I am disagreeing with you that Qui Gon would not have trained Anakin. He was going to train. Anakin. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he would. He would have. And and, and, that, and that's, he that's what I that that was. I was jumping on when you said he wouldn't have done that, and he was no, deferring you're right. to the council. You're totally right. He would have. Yeah. And I think your question is very valid, and I think. Like, you have to ask I think it about every Jedi, though, right? Like, that's that's the I mean, that's 
and that's the difference. But I'm sorry. Continue. I'm cutting you off. You, you're fine. I'll, I'll say something after you do. I'm just <laughs> saying that like every every culture goes through a Hellenistic period before its downfall, where they are like they are they are self glorifying and they like mm-hmm. they they are they believe in themselves too much and and stuff, right? And and that's what happens with the Jedi Council is they get too self self confident, they get overconfident, right? And the right. dark side surprises them. It comes out of nowhere. Maul on that bike in that desert is totally unknown and unexpected to them because they haven't been watching out for this. Wow. Right? What a metaphor for the whole Sith coming to the Jedi now, you know, in, yeah. over this trilogy. Like the oh, yeah. introduction is the same as what like it's, yeah. it's, it's foreshadowing this gigantic thing of like the Phantom Menace is not just Maul. It is literally, but it is also like the this, Sith, the Phantom like Sith. What yes. is out there that we don't know of that mm-hmm. we now know exists and that scares us because we're not sure how powerful this thing is. Yeah. And, and we don't know what they're up to. Wow. And they're, they're already. There's this yeah. prophecy now that we knew about that happens to have this kid who's, well, very similar to who probably just happens to be a very Yoda-like capable force user. Yoda's a super force user. It's not like it hasn't happened before. They've mm. had powerful Jedis before Yoda. So, like, why weren't they the prophecy? I, it just happens to happen at the exact same time that this really weird for like so they are pushing this on Anakin like I I mean I think the Jedi are because the Jedi agree to train Anakin that's what I am glad we brought this up it leads into my my final question of the whole movie not my final question of what I've written down here but this is the last thing I wrote down for the whole film was so Yoda tells Obi Wan he does not think he should train Anakin. He does that. He like talks to Obi-Wan's like, Obi-Wan, you shouldn't train the boy. But the council has already approved the boy's training by Obi-Wan. Like he's already done it. So Yoda has the knowledge that the council has already trained, like already accepted that Anakin's going to be trained. So they want him to be trained by Obi-Wan. Why? Why does Yoda ask him that question? Was he trying to say... We want him to be trained, but you shouldn't be the one doing it. Was that his line? But it was going to let Obi-Wan decide for himself. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. It does. And I would need to rewatch that scene to really to have a firm, like a clear. If you want to do that, that, go for it. I can spout more, more sweet nothings to you. This is when, this is when, let me see. Very end of the movie. Like literally, it's not the very, very end, but it's. Before the like gigantic like celebration scene and this all you know them sitting around the fire, um, it's Yoda and Qui Gon. It's Yoda and Obi Wan in the throne room of Naboo, I believe. Okay, could be the Council. It could be the Jedi Council throne room. They're in some place, and Yoda's talking to Obi Wan. The chosen one, chosen one, the boy must be. Nevertheless, grave danger I fear in his training. Yeah. Master Yoda, I gave Qui-Gon my word. I will train Anakin. And it's that same. And Yoda goes, that same head strung. And Obi-Wan says, I will train him without the approval of the council. Yoda says, Qui-Gon's defiance, I sense, and you need that. You do not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Agree with you. The council does. So Yoda. Doesn't agree with you. Yoda fears this outcome, but makes the unilateral council decision to grant approval. Yeah. Right. Yoda, yeah. Yoda's on the fence and then says, OK, you can do it because he knew that the council approved it. 
Yes. Yeah. So no, yeah, but but Yoda even says in there that he doesn't. He's like, agree with them, though I do not. I think that's what he says. Yeah. Like, and to me, that's so fascinating because that whole scene is just like, wow, Yoda's going to Obi Wan with all of this knowledge already in his head. So why is he asking Yoda like Obi Wan these questions? Like, was Yoda giving Obi Wan an out? Like. Was Yoda foreseeing the danger and be like, Obi-Wan, if you don't want to be the one dealing with this, you have a way out right now. And like, we'll take over the training of the boy, you know, like, and I'll do it. You know, could you imagine if it was Yoda going to Mustafar? At the, you know, we'll talk about that later. You know, but like th- that matters, though. Like, do you think that mm-hmm. was any part of the foresight at all? Or am I? I mean, I'm OK with that. Me just pretending that's what it is. If you don't think that was written in the story at all, because I think it's really cool and I love <laughs> making like stuff like that up. But, uh, yeah, I think I just think that's a really fascinating scene that probably gets overlooked a lot. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I I love that scene and I love that scene because. What it basically says is Yoda says this is a really dangerous game we're playing like and he's already scared because of this you know this looming force of the sith he's scared because the jedi are on their back feet and you actually see this sort of thinking and behavior in him on dagobah with luke when he talks about we should wait we should be safe we should be you know thoughtful right and this notion is that the time for that level of analytical thoughtfulness is like i was talking about earlier you spend so much time in your head that you forget to live right and I think that's where Yoda has gone as a member of this wise council is he's taking his job so seriously that he's afraid of making any decision. And so what he says is, I, I am afraid. That's all he says. He says, grave danger I sense in this boy's training. And Obi-Wan says, Master Yoda, I believe in Qui-Gon. And then Yoda sighs and he says, very well, I believe in you. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, he says, Qui-Gon's defiance, you don't need. I give you permission. Right. And that that is him saying, if anyone can, you can. Because we all know the Jedi Master that Qui- that Obi-Wan grows up to be. Oh, and yeah. He's f- so good. Yeah. Right. He's got he's got all the impetuousness that he brought in as a kid. And he's got all of the wisdom and guardedness and balance that Qui-Gon had that he learned from. He is an incredible Jedi Master. Well, he's just like soaking up all the right parts of all the right people. Yes. And I believe Yoda knows that. And I believe Yoda believes in that. And I believe Yoda believes in Qui-Gon, even if he didn't readily admit it. Because what they don't believe in is Anakin. I think think just from the – the way Qui-Gon talks to the council, like I do believe once you're like granted a Jedi master rank or a Jedi knight, even you are given a little bit of individual freedom of like what you're going to be doing and like the choices you're going to be making. Yes. I think I really feel that. And I feel like you get less and less of that the further movies go on, which is really interesting. And I think part of why the, the Jedi fall, but like the really, really cool part of that. I, I just, you can really see it in Qui-Gon where he's like, I'm going to train him anyways. And I think that's part of what Yoda is telling Obi-Wan of like, hey, you're a Jedi Knight now. You you have to make these decisions. We will accept your decisions. It doesn't mean you're going to be part of the council, but you are because they agree with you. I just don't. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, well, I, it's, I think it's haggling. I think part of like it, you're, you're saying is it's giving Yoda is giving Obi-Wan like 
recognition as a Jedi Knight. And that's really important of like, all right, you got to do your own thing. Do it. You know, and like, yeah. I'll, I'll trust you to do it because you're a Jedi Knight. And like, that's part yeah. of the order is we have to trust our people. But I, we're going to speak yeah. our mind. But at the end, you have to make your own decision as a Jedi. You may right. not get on the council, but you're still part of the order. Like, there's hundreds of other Jedi that aren't sitting on the council, you know? Yep. Like, it's very, and like, Qui-Gon's cool because he would be one if he didn't have this attitude, you know? It's yeah. really cool. It's amazing. Yep. Yeah, this yeah. independent streak. Yep, I love that little streak. There. The defiance, so. yeah. Yeah, I think that's fabulous. And I think it's really, like, one of the things I love about that scene is that Qui-Gon is, is basically, like, haggling with the yeah. Jedi Council. You know, they're like, you can't train him. He's like... You can't have two pupils. And he's like, Obi-Wan's ready. And Obi-Wan looks at him in surprise like, I am? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, I love and, it. And, and Anakin, poor Anakin, he's just standing there cold <laughs> like he always is. Um, but I, what I love about it is that, like, what Obi-Wan, what Yoda senses that he is so wary of is all the baggage that Anakin carried with him off that planet. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. he, he's too old, so he's had all these experiences. He misses his mom, right? There's all this, like, these layers to his identity already that can't be forged by the Jedi. It's dangerous, Dan. It is. It is and it is dangerous. Them. Yeah, like, you can even see it. Like, he's a sweet little kid, but you just guided the wrong way or even guided the right way with external influences that you can't control. Like, it could turn out bad. But Yoda learns his lesson. And Yoda, the next time a young Jedi comes to him who is too old to be trained, Yoda trains him. Yeah. Right? And that's super cool. I, I, I do think, and that's the thing, is, is I do think I do think part of what Yoda's fault here is is him not taking control as part of the council and saying, yep. I, I yep. need to be the one that trains this kid. Yep. And he needs to stay on Coruscant with me, with other children that are Jedi. And like exist with them, because it sounds like it's Obi Wan and like Anakin out there just training. Yeah, and who knows where Obi Wan's like bases? You know, we don't know if it's yeah. like a Coruscant. I think it is, but we don't know that. Could be on yeah. Alderaan. Who knows? Um, could be on Naboo now. Like we just, you know, we're just not sure. So I do think Yoda should have trained Anakin here for sure. We may have gotten a different outcome if Yoda would have taken over. I'm um, actually. I, I don't think Yoda should have I don't I'm not sure Obi-Wan should have but I think and ultimately I think Anakin plays the part he's supposed to play right I think there's this whole sort of I just, super I arc can't... of fate but Yoda Yoda was too afraid Yoda was afraid of Anakin Anakin would have sensed it and picked up on it and been more rebellious under Yoda than he was under Obi-Wan wow that's almost like it does happen anyways we'll get to that when we get to that <laughs> uh, um, and then Mace Windu would have been a terrible choice obviously yeah. like no Mace is Mace is he's, he is not a, a mentor he's a he's a no. decision maker yeah and uh, like I'm trying to think of what what Jedi he's a soldier would have been good I don't know. I don't know who would have been a good trainer for um, yeah, for Anakin. And there may not have been. He could. He was probably going to turn out the way he was going to turn out regardless. Yeah, like, you don't have that much power and that much pain without dark decisions in your future, right? Yeah, yeah. There has yeah. You got to make choices at some point, and man, he man, galaxy changing choices. We'll get to that when we yeah. get to that. We will. Uh, we'll talk about it next time. 
Yeah, let's get to get to a few more things um, here on the list before we uh, talk about everything else. Are Gungans amphibians, and how long do you think they can survive without water? Gungans. Do you think they're amphibians, or do you think they're reptiles? I think can they breathe in the water. No, I think, think they. Well, reptiles. Maybe that's what their ears are. So I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say their ears are like the the mud puppy gills. Okay. Their ears yeah, are white yeah, gills. Yeah, yeah. So I'll go with that. Yeah, amphibious. I don't think okay. they can survive underwater permanently, which is why they have the bubble cities, and which oh, is why yeah, they have I, I agree. ships. But I definitely yeah. think they're amphibious. Yeah, I agree. I think so too. I was just when I was watching the the later scene when they are out of water, I was like, I wonder how long they can survive out of water without mm-hmm. like needing to wet their skin and stuff. And like, is that does that become an issue on that gigantic battlefield where like, yeah. <laughs> like giant grassy plain? Yeah, I'd be I'd be I'd be curious to see if there was any sort of lore behind there. Um, on that. Um, let's see here. Ooh, here's more Gungan stuff. So here's a broad question that I thought about during the, um, the whole movie. And so this relates back to a new hope, right? A new hope Han Solo, which a new hope is, I think it's categorically 35 to 40 years after Phantom Menace. Um, I believe that's the case because I think I believe you. I am not. I'm not. I think there's like because there's like ten years between this movie and the next movie, and there's like four. There's two or three years, I believe, between the movie, the movie after that, and that movie after that. So I think there's about ten to thirteen years over this whole span, plus twenty years between Revenge and A New Hope. Anyways, we're looking at thirties or thirty three years. So that just imagine thirty five years. We're going the bigger spectrum. It's okay. 35 years A New Hope happens after the, this prequel trilogy. And in this movie, in that movie, Han Solo says, well, the, well, the Jedi, that hokey religion, like it's been 35 years, right? The Gungans know who the Jedi are. The Gungans, a subterranean underwater city of creatures who, who know who knows how long they've been there knows who the Jedi are on a planet in Naboo, right? So, like, why do you think in A New Hope it's, like, so unknown? It's such a mythical religion uh, over a short period of time. I I understand it's probably just because the script was written in A New Hope was written first and this one was written after that. Um, But it just is interesting. I just wanted to pose a question. Do you think... It is this Phantom Menace that is going to be like breaking down the Jedi Order and like maybe they have influence on what people can remember over the whole galaxy. Oh, absolutely. I think I absolutely believe that Palpatine has that level of influence and power, especially okay. when you talk about the Empire rolling out its forces across the universe. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's illegal to congregate in large groups, it's illegal to discuss things, really, right? All the. Signs of this stuff could be rooted out and gotten rid of very quickly. Um, with the mental but capacity I think also, and power he has, I think he could do a lot of influence with just people everywhere of his opinion. Yeah. 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 And all he would have to start saying as the leader of the galaxies is anytime someone mentions the Jedi after they fall, you say Jedi, that old, that hokey old religion. Right. And then people are like, oh, yeah, it is a hokey old religion. You're right. We're totally more enlightened than that now. Because yeah. people want to be, they want to fit in, they want to be accepted, they want to be with it. But also, 
if you've ever talked to anybody who's left a religion, they'll talk about it in the same terms, right? So it's it, right. it doesn't have to be old for people to be dismissive about a a way of life or a belief system. I right? just you found get it all the time these days too. Really fascinating that Gungans are immediately like, oh, we know who the Jedi are. Yep, of course. And then like. 30 years later, 35 years later, you get somebody who's just like, wow, that hokey old religion. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just a really fascinating thing. And I just, you know, I feel like I like it. I think it it, it shows how far they fall by a new hope and like how little hope there actually is for the Jedi to make a resurgence and like make it well. Yes. It it, it just adds power to it. It's not like I just like it. I think it's cool. You know, it is. It's very cool. Yeah. What else? Um, do we have a cl- like? Do we know when the official switchover from um, Amadala to Padme was, and Padme to Amadala? When when we are first see Amadala in the throne room, is that Padme? Is it not? Yes. No, it is. Okay, it is. And and if you look closely, can, you can tell. Can you tell like closely when you when Amadala yeah. is a different person? Yeah, and you can okay. you can tell because you you you've got Natalie Portman right there looking over her shoulder. Yeah. Right. And in all the scenes where it's happening, they're intentional about angling the camera. It's really clever camera work. They're intentional about framing every shot so that that particular handmaiden is in the shot with her yeah. face fully visible. And it's yeah. so fun to go back and watch it again once you know the secret. Yeah, that's fascinating. I love that. Um, how, how does me, Skywalker, know that using... Anakin through pod racing is the only way to help out Qui-Gon and the Jedi. Like it's, do you think she can channel? Like, do you think she's force sensitive and she's like seen something and like, she has a pre like, pre- but no. like, it's very like, no, this is the only way. Like she I, just says I, it. She says, Nope. Anakin's right. He's the only one who can help you. And that's really interesting and weird. I feel like for her to say, like, I don't think she says he's the only one. I think she says he can help you. Right? Is that, isn't that what she says? I'm, I'm Let's gonna, go back and find it. Yeah. Because that's an important sentence. You're right. And you got to remember, like, all of this writing is very intentional, you know? Okay, he says it right. He's, she says it at the dinner table. After I may, she says, I may not like it, but he can help you. He was meant to help you. Right. Okay. He was meant to help you. I, that is insinuating that he's the one that like. Her life, their life is misery, right? They right. are slaves. Absolutely. They have yes. nothing going for them. One day, two Jedi walk in and they're like, we want to take your kid off this rock. She's done. She's in. Whatever it takes to get him there is it. And also in his response, when he says, mom, you're always saying the biggest problem in the universe is that people don't help each other. She's, she is recognizing and honoring this kid that she's raised, this, this son of hers that she loves so much isn't just a helpless little boy. That he's, she knows that he is very good at this. Mm-hmm. And she knows that he is, a, he is gifted in a lot of ways that she doesn't fully understand. And she knows that okay. this yep. is not right, just right. an opportunity for him to help them, but yes. an opportunity for him to get away. Yep, I can get that for sure. I'm with so you. that's her. That's her sense of hope, her belief in her son. 
and her, her hope for a better life for him cool. afterwards. Yes. Um, right before that, on our way to Tatooine earlier in the film, we see a wonderful little creature or a droid, actually, R2-D2. Mm-hmm. And we also see C-3PO later on. And I know you enjoy this. Why? Why? Why do you enjoy this? I, I, it's so also things that bother me about this, and it's just it's plagued with all trilogies that come after trilogy. It's like it's plagued with all sagas, and it just happens. I understand it's going to happen, but like, I just the probability that the R two D two was the same droid that did all the stuff that helped out. And like Luke's father and then fell into Luke's hands and then in C-3PO the same way and how they got connected. It just seems very all improbable and just there for fan service. I don't like it very much. It's Uh, almost like there's some force that in that is a part of everything in the universe that that affects every every being that 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 influences individuals and their decisions so and the courses makes, of people's destinies that brings out a bigger issue of do does anybody have free will in the world then if right the forces, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's the old adage like it's magic i don't have to explain shit right no it it's is like it's, using it's using the force fa- as a hand wave is is bs i did Max, I the answer is it's fan service and they thought it was a cool idea when they were reading the script that's it that's what it is. They're like, you know what would be really cool if we made R2-T2 this? And if what if Anakin created C-3PO? That sounds really cool. And you know what? Something, sometimes things sound really good when you read them on a script before you shoot them. And they even look good when you're editing them. And then they just don't play well. Just I just – it comes off as like why is this something that needs to happen? I understand why they did it. It's one of those where like I just – I'm not a fan. I just wanted to see why you why you liked it so much because I know you you are a fan because you kind of like the whole connection between all the stuff like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we are all connected. You know the the tapestry of nations fireworks display at Epcot was like my favorite, even more than like um, the the one at Magic Kingdom because mm-hmm. it was it was just so powerful about the way that our lives affect each other, and you know in in in, in the world it's smaller than you think it is. And you run into people that you don't expect to see places. Right. And the universe is the same way. Yeah. I, and, I get it. and a lot, like I was saying earlier with the force and metachlorians, like they're building it out. Right. And so these are, they're helping you understand like the origin story for these characters too. So that when they show up later, they have a place and they, they make sense because it's not just like, Hey, we want those characters again. It's like, where did they come from? Like what's their, what's their role in all this? And I think it makes a lot of sense. Explained. Uh, yeah, I get you. And, and I think it's just like in the same way that Luke and Leia find their way back to each other. Like all the, these droids find their way back to the rebellion too. It's like there, there are bigger forces. There is a force at work here. There is a force mm-hmm. fighting for balance in the universe. Yeah, I, I get, I understand all. It's one of those, um, one of those like devices they use in media that I just, I'm not, no matter what franchise does it, I don't know. Oh, I'm not usually a huge fan of it. Yeah. I understand it. And I, I can totally see how it feels ham fisted and just like uh fan surfacey. And it is. And I don't mind because. Yeah, and that's great. Cause there's parts that I don't mind that are like fan servicey too. Like, you know, it's just yeah. all about what fan service do you enjoy? Yeah. Right. And like, those are the kind of things where I'm just like, ah, I just don't care about that. 
at all. That could have been, <laughs> it honestly could have been two completely different droids and it would, nothing changes for me in the new hope. Nothing yeah. like, like these droids being here right now changed nothing about how I feel about the original trilogy. And that's kind of where I'm like, this didn't need to be part of this. I could like this to me, it adds nothing to the story right now. And that's, it may later, who knows? They may do something cool in the next two films that I really like, and they do something that's really cool. So, hmm. um, but anyways, yeah. Um, let's see here. I have one more question, and that is it. Good. And the question is a simple one: and is is Duel of the Fates the best musical in all of Star Wars? Like musical moment. Because, like, it is. It just is. It's so cool. It's absolutely it's up, there. up there. It's yeah, absolutely I, top three. It's the best for me, but I want to, I don't know if we're going to have a time, like, to, like, I'll point out my top three. Um, this is number one for me. This is my favorite, like, Star Wars moments as far as okay. my music goes. And I'll point, I, I know what my number two is, and I'll have to think about number three. But once I hit my number two, I'll let you know. Um, we're not okay. going to get to it for a while, but I am very excited to show. Good. what it is yeah I, i'm excited um, for us to sort of be paying attention to that in the back of our so minds so we haven't talked about it at all and like we have to get into it we've kind of just talked a lot about big picture stuff um and the philosophy which is my favorite thing to talk about because we know these stories so well like come here for like why this stuff happens and the really nitty-gritty details you don't need to be told the plot hopefully you watch the film um but like we haven't talked about the third act at all like at all like the whole battle for Naboo and the mm-hmm. lightsaber fight. So let's really it's just pretty, get it's into pretty straightforward. And talk I think about that's it. one of the reasons that's one of the reasons, like compared to all the other stuff and like the groundwork that they're laying for like the whole series, it's pretty straightforward. Oh, it really is, but it's, it's so fun. Cool. Yeah, it's and super like, fun. I mean it's I like a Saturday it. morning cartoon on the big screen. It's incredibly epic. It's it, it is. It's really, really cool. And you have like Jar Jar. What do you feel about Jar Jar? We, we, that's a controversial topic that we haven't even brushed on yet. And so I just hate his, um, I really hate his damaging representation of like Jamaican culture. Yeah. Cause that's absolutely who he's intended to represent. His, his ears are supposed to be like dreadlocks. He's the way he walks is super Rasta, like really relaxed and laid back. And you know, if you've, if you've ever heard, you know, people speaking, from the sort of Caribbean area, the way the way that they speak and the way that they sort of like blend the English language to fit them their culture and their their history um, is very similar to the way Jar Jar talks and the way that he sort of like warps the English language. And I do not like it because what they're doing is they are it's basically appropriating a culture for comedic relief, and I think that's really icky. Yes. That's icky. That makes me feel gross. Mm-hmm. So I hate that. As as comedic relief, I understand that most stories need comedic relief, and I don't mind him at all. And I think he's a very like they they made a choice. You know, that's one of the things yep. they say when you're an actor, like make a strong choice. That is a strong choice. No one can argue that they were yeah. ambivalent about Jar Jar Binks. I think, like I said in the commentary, Jar Jar is suffering, not suffering. At times, suffering through Jar Jar's dialogue gets you Boss Nass or Boss Nova, whatever his name is. I think it's Boss Nass. Um, 
is like guttural, just like yeah. Cheek, you know, I love it. And you also you also see the yeah. the commander that saves Jar Jar a couple of times, and he's got a different voice, and so they do try yeah. to like flesh out that that race I, a little bit. I think that's uh, so. Who do you think that commander is? We talked about it a little bit on the commentary, but do you think that commander is uh, Jar Jar's like older brother or like his best friend from a childhood? He looks after Jar Jar like he does yeah. the whole film. He looks after Jar Jar, so he's got to feel some sort of yeah. responsibility towards him. I think they're friends. I think, I think they know each I th- other. I think they're like around the same age and have been best yeah. friends. And like, like he understands, like he's, lo- he's been looking after Jar Jar his whole life, yep. you know? And like, he's like, Jar Jar, you can't be here. Like you, like, I'm sorry. You got kicked out. Like I can't get in trouble for this. Like, right. I, I think that's the kind of character he's supposed to be. And I really like that about him. Maybe he's his uncle too. I could see that too. I could see him being an uncle. Because he does yes. play, yes. he does play a little older than yes. than than Jar Jar is. Yep, and I like that as well. Just like protect. I, I don't know. I love the fact that he has like a Gungan protector. It's it's really wonderful. Yeah. Um, okay, duel the fates, man. What do you think about this lightsaber fight? Let's get into it. Let's start at the end of the film, and we can uh, say our uh, our piece I, about the what we like about the movie. We'll, we'll say our goodbyes. I just love that Darth Maul is so vicious that it's he can so fight good. Yeah. two Jedi at the same time and hold his own ground. And it's the first fight. Like when he comes out of that door, he is swinging for the fences, man. Oh, he yeah. is. He is working. He's and it's to like prove something like. Yeah. Yes, he is. And, 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 and it's, it works. It works on so many levels. Right. It works in terms of like the Sith are back. Right. Mm-hmm. It works in terms of I have to. I have to impress my master, right? This is my first time to really show my strength, right? And we know from, you know, the extended universe that Maul does have that, like, need to prove himself. Oh, yeah. Right? That hunger. Yeah. But he's also right, incredibly intelligent, you know? Yes. So, like, he understands what this is and what he needs yep. to be doing, you know? And he like, doesn't flinch. Yeah. It's so good. Oh, it's it, and great. It's, it's just testament to his training. It's testament to his strength. And it's... Really, also an opportunity for the the creators of the story, the Star Wars developers, to say, "Okay, we heard all of the conversation that you've been having the last thirty years about how that sort of fight felt unbelievable, right? Mm-hmm. So, f- fuck you. Watch this. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I mean, you you don't see, and obviously, it's like the sort of Hollywoodized fighting where they're where they're swinging at each other's blades instead of actually trying to kill each other. Right. But, but it's still if great. you watch, if you watch a lot of the choreography, it feels very believable where mm-hmm. more often than not, they're swinging for his empty spots. They're swinging at him and he is deflecting and parrying and, and spinning and like jumping and doing all that stuff. Yeah. It's an so incredible I love it. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. And it's, it's also fun to watch like Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan like, be their characters in in a fight right because yeah. it, it fills out their characters mm-hmm. even more yeah yeah the whole fight when qui-gon like gets ahead of obi-wan and obi-wan has to wait and watch his mm-hmm. master and the parallels like luke having to watch like that's that's the same scene like that's yep. what they were doing yep is they're like oh somebody needs to die here and we need to have this growth for obi-wan for him to like move into a Oh yeah, it's so good. And uh, also, the threat needs to be real, right? It does. Like he showed up. Yeah. He showed up on Tatooine, and he had his cool droids, and he fought them a little bit, and they got away. But like, you need to know that this is dangerous. That this is well, real. That and like, 
you have they they have to show that for the first time they're showing the full power of the dark side because up until this point in all of Star Wars we've watched so far most of the dark side has been inferior to the light for most of the time light has almost always won every single time and if they didn't they're typically giving themselves up mm-hmm. this is the first time that we come out of the gates you're like whoa he can hold his own against two very capable jedis so maybe the dark side can be more powerful you know it's like that's why there's only two of them versus hundreds of jedi you know like Mm-hmm. It's showing how dangerous the Sith and how powerful they can actually be. Yeah, and if, and, if, and I appreciate if, that they do that. If Maul is this powerful by himself, physically, mm-hmm. how like powerful is going to be Darth Sidious? You know, this is just the apprentice. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't the master. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, um, what like Anakin discovering the pilots or the the fighters and then just happy do you like any of that part of it is that is that a good like anakin just kind of lucks into deactivating all the droids i i just kind of feel like that's too far of just like he did nothing other than press a couple buttons like he even crashed into the into the (laughs) into the hangar like he didn't even go there intentionally Yes. So here's the thing. When I think about like orchestrating a story, I think about the characters and I think about how every character has a part to play. Right? Like from the from the most powerful ants to the littlest hobbits, like everybody has something to do to 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 make a difference. Right? And his his unique combination of skills like finds him and this is what I think makes sense for me and why it's all okay is because you see him when he first is on, when they're on Tatooine, he says, let me get in the cockpit, like put me in a cockpit. I can help. Right. Mm -hmm. That's basically what he says is I can do this. And then at the end of the movie, they say, get in that cockpit. And I, even as a kid, I was like, Oh, he's about to mess some stuff. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, yeah. this is, this kid is a tech genius. He's got a, he's got R2 in the, in the fighter with him. Like these two are going to get it. Yep. And you watch it at first and it's really clumsy and funny and frustrating and scary. And then he's like, he like stumbles his way into it. It's a lot like, it's a lot like the scene, I guess, where Jar Jar is trying to get the droid off his foot and the droid is flopping around and shooting other droids, right? It's not very realistic, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of times the it's fun. What, I like it. They needed to do yes. something. They needed to have Anakin do something, and, and also it, that you can't prepare for 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 people behaving that irrationally, right? right? And that's what makes sense, and that is the weakness mm-hmm. in the 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 armor is the fact that this this great force hasn't allowed for the notion that someone would be dumb enough to fly into their hangars. Right. right. Yeah. And then someone accidentally yeah. does and they're like, oops. Oops. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, like, it's the oh. same, it's the same thing with the death star. It's like, Oh, here's the one magical MacGuffin in our ship that blows it up. Oh no, they found it. We're dead. Right. So it's not like there's not precedent for this either, but the oh, fact no, that he yeah. sort of stumbles, it's- the fact that he stumbles upon it, I think is, fun because a lot of what happens in a battle is just trying to survive right yeah 
right? Like two sides charge at each other and then you just try to stay alive. And that's all Anakin does the entire time is try I, to stay alive. I think it's consistent to, and we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there, but he's consistently trying to save people and like make an impact while withstanding in the rules that people give him. Yep. He's, he's trying to find the loopholes and that's what he, like, it shows, yeah. you know, all the way throughout. So it's fun. It's it's so great. I I I was so surprised when I shouldn't have been, but I was so surprised when Qui Gon died. It I was so sad. And I knew it was going to happen the moment he did the arms over the head thing because that's always what Hollywood does yeah. when someone loses a sword fight is they put yeah. both their arms over their friggin' head and then they yep. get stabbed right in the chest and it's like yeah. I knew it as soon as they got separated. As soon as they got separated, I was just like yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I know what's going to, I don't yep. want it to happen. Yeah, so impactful. And I love that um, Obi-Wan um, kills Darth Maul afterwards. And just a quick, like, yeah, it's so and great. It's, it's a powerful metaphor for the shifting power systems in, in their respective forces, right? So Maul mm-hmm. is vicious and calculating. And Qui-Gon is strong and reserved right and and you realize that against the sort of relentless onslaught of the sith the old jedi ways are not going to be enough yeah right and that the the new jedi with a certain amount of viciousness of their own in obi-wan it's it's the fury at seeing his master killed in front of him like that viciousness is going to have to be equal to the viciousness of the Sith in order for them to stand a chance of winning. And I think that's really, I think that's really tastefully done. I really like the way they set up. They set that up. It's, and it's also like, it's the, the, like when it's the, 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 the apprentice moving beyond the master, you know, like he was able to do something that Qui-Gon could not. Yeah. And he, that's, that's the pain, you know, We'll, we'll get there, but it's the pain of all all teachers, you know? Yep. And it happened. And I love it that it happens here, and we get it back in a, in a similar... Ah, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Let's rank some stuff. Man, that was a good film. I'm, I'm watching just the very finale of it right now. We, we may actually get to the point where, where I accidentally talked to love to a... This has been a long review, so I'm very... Yes. Well, it's Excited. a big movie. I mean, it sets it, it the is. stage for a it, lot, and I don't think we'll have to talk about so much of it moving forward. I don't know, man. But Attack of the lot. Clones is a longer film than this is, and I think does so much for the next like film as well. I yep. don't think we'll talk about his revenge as much, but I think we'll talk about Attack of the Clones a lot too. Um, especially because I hopefully I think we have a guest tomorrow for that. Ooh boy! I, I think Brandon's going to come back. Fun. Um, Fun, fun, fun. I'm hopeful. I have to. I I didn't know we were recording tomorrow, but let's let's get into it. Let's rank some stuff. All right. Um, I would like to rank first the um lightsaber fight. No, opening crawl. Opening crawl. How do you like this opening crawl? Currently, Infinite Pulp's rankings are the opening crawls. We can't change these rankings already. We can, well, we can't, but Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope, Return of the Jedi. Those are always sure. going to be in that order. Uh, but we can put Phantom Menace anywhere we want to with the opening crawl. I know you kind of like this opening crawl a lot. I, I would love put it. this opening crawl, I would put it below Empire. I still like Empire the most, but yes. this is a good one. So I'm, I'm okay putting this before A New Hope, though. Or after I New- actually put it after A New Hope. Because okay. A New Hope is the first opening crawl you see, and it's just like it carries so much because of that. 
And I love this opening crawl because it's like it's much more calculated. Right? It this is. is one it, this is one where the opening crawl comes up and you go, What? <laughs> and it's like, just pay attention, you'll see. Right. Yeah. And I love that that's so ambitious. Listen and that's to our so commentary. F- the opening crawl is read in detail. Um yeah. beautifully, by the way, artistically. Menace. Yeah. I think I think for me it actually ranks lower than a new hope. But okay. Above so Return in, of the Jedi. In my heart, if I were ranking with my heart, it would be number two. Yeah. Ranking with my head and my heart, both getting to vocalize their opinions, I think it's number three. That's kind of where I'm at too. Where like I think there's a lot of jargon that probably could have been done better, but what are you gonna do in that situation? It's better than Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I, I do think it does for what it has to do to set up this film. It does it so well, and really, that's where that opening crawl is done. It, I don't think it has the stylistic value as like A New Hope or Empire Strikes Back does. Like, it's not written the same way and as um, uh, yeah, stylistically. So that's why I think it's third. So let's just keep it there. Perfect. I like it. All right, lightsaber fight. I right now it currently ranks, and if you listen to our Return of the Jedi, Drew definitely um, influenced all of these rankings. But <laughs> Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, and A New Hope, and I'm not even going to ask Max because I know what he wants this to be. It's it's the same for me. So this is the best lightsaber fight we've had so far, and it could be number one for a very long time. I don't know when yeah. we're going to be able to get to top this one. It's like it's my favorite musical. It's so good. It's just so good. Yeah, it's. It's not even that it's still good. It's just, man, I remember the first time seeing that and the first time you're like experiencing those like, wow, this is what lightsaber fights can actually be now. Oh, I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is Infinite Pulp's ranking for the movies right now. Um, Right now we have Empire Strikes Back number one, A New Hope number two, and Return of the Jedi number three. Where are we going to slot Phantom Menace? I think we have to slot it underneath Empire Strikes Back based on our personal rankings. And here's why. Because if I was ranking this, it would be Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope, Phantom Menace, then Return of the Jedi. But if you were ranking this right now, it would be Phantom Menace, Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope, Return of the Jedi. So to bring those two together, I think it's ranked second because that kind of weighs out both. What's the difference? Yeah. Does that make sense? And I think I'm so. Right Return on of the Jedi, head. then then Phantom Menace. No, I think so. Right now we have four movies. We have Empire Strikes Back first, A New Hope is second, and Return of the Jedi is last. I think this one should slot above Empire. Oh, I'm sorry, above A New Hope. So it should be ranked second. I agree. Empire Strikes Back, Phantom Menace, A New Hope, Return of the Jedi. I agree. Definitive. All right. Make yeah. it so. Make it so. I'm sitting in the chair. Um, movies. Empire Strikes Back. The Phantom Menace. A New Hope. Return of the Jedi. Opening crawls. Empire Strikes Back. A New Hope. The Phantom Menace. Return of the Jedi. Lightsaber fights. The Phantom Menace. Return of the Jedi. Empire Strikes Back. A New Hope. Those are it. Where can we find you, Max? Anything else you want to say? I am Max Baron Reed at all the things. Come find okay. me. Come say hi. I'd be happy to hear from you. All right. I am Dant Mango, DMP3D Mango. 
And you can find me at all the things there, mostly on Twitter, though. But follow us on Twitter, Infinite Pulp. That's fun. And also check us out at podcast at infinitepulp.com. You can send us emails with your rankings. We'll read them off. You can send us emails with questions. Um, we will answer any and all questions you have about Star Wars if you want. All right. That's the end of the show. We will be back next week with, um, man, Attack of the Clones. And the commentary. I apologize. The commentary for Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi are not up yet. Empire Strikes Back probably will never be up. Return of the Jedi possibly will be up. But that one has a lot of... Challenge accepted. (laughs) Well, that one has a lot of audio editing that we need to do to it. Because for some reason... We just need to rewatch. We just need to rewatch them both. Oh, darn. Twist my arm. Make me rewatch Star Wars. Yeah. So we we shall, shall, shall see. The problem with Return of the Jedi is that we accidentally like did some weird stuff with our recording. So it was split up like three times. And I'm trying to mm. make them all. When I got them, Fit. even the stuff I got was not correctly placed as far as like our our voices were way off of each other. So yeah, 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 sure. All the conversations, right? It's just about me putting them in the right places. And I haven't done it right yet. Let's, but yeah, let's we'll just be back. rewatch them, man. Yeah, we can do that. We'll be back next week with both the commentary and um, uh, review of Attack of the Clones. And we'll see you then. Have a good night. Bye, everybody.